When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Rose and Shine podcast. Featuring the Swedish sisters Josephine Roos and Victoria Roos-Solson. Based in Stockholm and New York, we share experiences from our international lives and careers. Hi and good morning from Bogota. <laughs> and good afternoon from Stockholm, just back from the French Riviera. This is Victoria speaking. And this is Josephine. Uh, and in this episode, we are going to talk about how you pursue your dream international career. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of questions about working internationally. So we thought we're going to go through that, talking about both if you are in the beginning of your career and you want to have an international career or more if you are maybe later in your career and you just want to kind of move your job abroad. And for those listeners already having an international career, you can just hang out with us and and (laughs) think about similar crazy experiences and thoughts and maybe add uh, later on as well and let us know what you think we should add to it. Absolutely. And we're very pepped about this, (laughs) this episode and so pepped that you just basically got off your airplane Mm -hmm. uh, where you've been, uh, you've been away for the weekend. Yeah. And really this was such a lovely weekend. So it was a birthday gift for one of our best friends. He he turned 50 and uh, they got this gift not knowing anything about it. So they just knew that we were going to pick them up at 5 a.m. at their house and they should have their passports ready and an overnight bag. That's all oh, they knew. So fun. Yeah, and I've been just dying to give a gift like this. So we had arranged, uh, you know, and of course it's January, so it's not that many people out traveling for these weekend destinations. So we could get some really nice uh, arrangements done and it's sort of fairly good uh, price. So we picked them up at their house with our car to go to the airport and then we let them guess where we were going to go. And I knew that Eric, he would have Googled, you know, what are the different destinations? And he's like, I think it's going to be London. (laughs) And we were like, okay, (laughs) good. And like, yes, in my head that they didn't make it, you know. And then uh, actually I checked everyone in. So they didn't know until we got to the gate, actually, when we'd gone through security and everything, Uh, where we were going. You managed. Yeah, yeah, we managed. And they were so happy to find out it was the French Riviera because actually none of them had been before which was also really really nice ah did you know that or yeah well I didn't know for sure but I know that that they haven't been there recently at least so that was really nice so and then you how know... quickly did you start drinking champagne <laughs> but yeah quite quickly well 
it was how early in the morning? No, no, were but you so we got, the good thing is so the flight is three hours. So we were at the hotel and we got this beautiful Negresco hotel just on the boulevard, you know, just by the water. And it's has this most amazing history. It was built just ahead of the First World War, actually. So it's like this luxury hotel and it's been an army hospital. And then it was this most eccentric woman, a redhead who took over it in the 50s with her family. And she's turned it into this beautiful art museum. So it's like with so much art. And, you know, these are the friends that we have this art round with. So we could just walk in the hallways and see all these amazing things. You posted on our Instagram, Ruth and Shine, and it was just, oh, yeah. I got so jealous. <laughs> it was so nice. It was just lovely and the view out of the yeah. boulevard and it looked like summer. Yeah, but it was, now it was about 13 degrees, but like really nice sunshine. For Swedes, that summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it felt like, yeah. So it was just like right on the ocean. Yeah, check it out on, on Instagram. And we just had such a lovely day and just, you know, walking around in the city. And the nice thing, it's off season, so it's not that crowded, but still this is really nice real city on its own it's not just a tourist destination so there were like people there you know sometimes if you go somewhere it's off not season dead. yeah no. exactly and we went to this super nice restaurant uh, with delicious food and yeah lots of champagne and just really lovely and then yeah this morning we had a beautiful walk again on the promenade and then we took the flight back uh, home that, yeah that makes europe so wonderful like a trip like that. I know, I know. Even though I will be doing a trip to Costa Rica, which is just a two hours flight from exactly. here. So I will also be jet yeah. it. But, but that's <laughs> Next for weekend. another episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, and how was the birthday party? How did it go with Raphael? Uh, the birthday party was great. Yeah, no, the, we finally had this birthday party and Raphael was in his best mood ever. Three years old. So the first birthday that he's actually recognizing or understanding and appreciating the the presents and and so on and we had a a piñata which Uh, is you know one of those filled paper mache things with with candy and uh, of course all of the kids here that's a very common thing to have in the birthday parties Mm -hmm. yeah so it's so funny to see how you it was culturally very different and we had chosen a Paw Patrol, which is this kids' show. So it was a police car, uh-huh. a paper mache police car. I oh, know. And then how are the you kids- thinking? So Raphael must have been <laughs> devastated that they <laughs> destroyed his police car. car. Exactly. So he's like, oh no, police no. car. But no, he wasn't so devastated. What I more felt was like, okay, what are we teaching our kids? Because then you stand there and you're like. Dale, dale, like hit it, hit it. <laughs> and they're standing there with our broomsticks, like trying to smash one by one the kids trying to smash this paper mache. And it's quite brutal and it goes on for quite long. I thought it would break quickly, but you know, it's a proper kind of, yeah, it's a proper made thing. So they really have to hit it and they yeah. stand there hitting it. It looks really, really violent. And um, yeah, especially when it's a police car that they're breaking. And then, of course, <laughs> in Colombia, in Bogota. Exactly. And then they finally break it. And then all of the big kids who've known this before, they just rush and, and collect all of this candy. And, and Rafael was just standing there kind of confused looking at the piñata. But uh, it was a very uh, cultural experience. Yeah, so. what a great start to our uh, podcast on actually international life and international careers. Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, starting, you know, with the culture shocks uh, early on. So opening up for this um, 
one fun thing was when my friend Federico, who's the Colombian friend that whose house I'm actually staying in, he sent me a list the other day on WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And it's about the places, it's 65 countries that's been on this ranking. Yeah. Where it's the best places as expats to find friends. Oh, to find friends. So not just to live, yeah. but to find friends. Mm, How exciting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the best places for expats to be finding friends. Okay. And he sent me this saying, what did he say? I think, are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> so out of 65, where do you think that Sweden ends up on this list? Are we on the list? Yeah, we're on the list. I think we're pretty far down. That's my guess. Yeah, you have to be more specific than that. Give me a number. Okay, 61. (laughs) Uh, No, that's Kuwait. They're apparently friendlier than us. We are 65. We're the least friendly place. (laughs) I didn't want to be like super negative, but okay, so it was really 65. So we're the least friendly place out of these 65 countries. (laughs) Wonderful. So out of this list, I just counted before we we started and we have lived on together. And I have to actually say that because it's quite Latin America focused, I'm I'm leading this. But in a shared way, we have lived on in 14 out of these 65 places. Oh, okay, very good. And when I say live is that we've been there for more than three months, at least kind of had a job there. Yeah. Or done something more than just visiting. Okay, there. so I'm quite curious now. Do you want me to guess which is the number one? Have we lived in the number one? I have lived in the number one. So what? Is a that a long Bog- time ago? Oh, okay, because I thought maybe it was Bogota then. No. Okay, so you've lived a long time ago. Could it have been like sort of Central America, Latin America? Mm-hmm. Could it be like Costa Rica, Mexico, or something that like that? That is fantastic. Costa Rica is number uh? one on the list. <laughs> yeah. And you just nailed number two as well, Mexico. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And I think I will have to agree. Yeah. It's friendly places. Costa Rica is all Pura Vida and Mm. all very good and happy. I've seen uh, this list on where it's best for expats to live, but they haven't just talked about friendliness. And there Brussels came up as the number one. Mm. But is that even on Belgium? Is that on the list? Yeah, Belgium is number 54. Okay. Just one uh, one less friendly than the Netherlands where you lived. Yeah. Which is number oh. 53. I thought both those places were pretty friendly to live in. Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but I think if you really have to think about, like, I guess how many friends you made that were from that country. That's how I'm understanding the list. Yeah, well, in Holland I studied, so obviously I made lots and lots of That's Dutch different. friends. Yeah. Where did France end up? Because that wasn't so easy to make friends, I thought. No, France was pretty low. Clearly not as hard as Sweden. (laughs) France is 52. Oh, okay. And you would be surprised Mm -hmm. that China is (laughs) above. (laughs) Really? It's 47. Yeah. How many Chinese friends did you make? In China. <laughs> yeah, not, well, no, not that many, but I'm thinking. <laughs> I haven't heard so much about No, the, no, you know. no. I mean, they didn't invite me to their things and it was quite difficult to make like proper friends. Yeah. But I'm thinking that was a long time ago. Mm. So maybe that has actually changed. Yeah. And it's also kind you of know. tricky when you speak about a country like China, like where in China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, Beijing being um, a bit stiff and maybe. But I think. So it's really about getting friends with the locals, right? Well, that's my understanding of this article. 
because it wasn't phrased like, oh, what's no? It's for finding friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is with the locals. And what about Dubai then? Is it on the list? Yeah, it's on the list and it's just one after Myanmar. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Myanmar is a little bit friendlier and Myanmar is on number 38 yeah. and the UAE is on 39. Okay, yeah. And what about Scotland? It's uh, it's under the UK. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the title of or of this article is about how UK has become less friendly to live in and how it's kind of bumped down on the ranking. Ah. I guess it relates to the whole Brexit. Um, yeah, we were pre-Brexit when we both lived there. So Exactly. So we had a great time. So let me see where the UK is. 49. Hmm. So top five? Yeah. So top five. It's really telling us that we should live in, in Latin America. Okay. So Costa Rica, Mexico, Argentina, Uganda. I've oh. been to Uganda. It was quite friendly. But then a very surprising for me, I think, number five, Malta. Oh, but maybe not. Maybe no, it's but our friends actually. live there and they loved it. Yeah. Actually. So, so that's yeah. the list. Wonderful. <laughs> and let's see which other countries we can take off. I love lists like those. So now thinking about international life, we've both, I mean, opted for that. And you are, I mean, will you ever live properly in Sweden? Let's see. But. We have a long life ahead of us with lots of exciting things. I'm so, coming home yeah. for my longest Sweden trip ever for the last... I know, uh, I'm so excited. 15 years in just a couple of months. Yeah, so. yeah, that's really but nice. Yes. So anyway, that's brilliant. But thinking about international life, there's so many... Obviously, we're a bit biased, but we love it. There's so many ups and, and lovely things. And then there's certain things... You know, that are a bit more difficult, right? And mm. you, we were just talking about the bomb that went off in, in Bogota. Yeah, just, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had, um, or less than two weeks ago, there was a car bomb going off in central um, Bogota in a cadet school and killed 21 people. And it's one of the guerrilla groups, the ELN. But anyways, yes, it really was a reminder of, of that we are living in a country where there is still active conflict. Yeah, And um, of course, devastating for everyone involved and for everyone living in, in Colombia and and Steve was also reflecting on, you know, it's it's scary. You can just be in the wrong place at, yeah. the, at the wrong time. Yeah. And in our five years in Myanmar, nothing like that actually happened. So, yeah, no, it was a little bit of a, a shock for many here, I think. Yeah. How awful. Well, I'm, our heart goes out to everyone who is there. Yeah. So there are certainly downsides and certainly reminders. But of course, otherwise, we work in conflict. So that's why we are... Here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, in many ways. I think it's maybe different if you're working because you're working in an, uh, just a big company or something else that makes you want to live abroad. Then maybe you would be less, um, I don't know, more inclined to live in a place that maybe was even safer. I don't know. That's something we can we can talk about. Yeah. But you also had experiences from... From Dubai, that was not necessarily fitting into the the idea of Dubai or or the way that you thought of it when you moved there. Yeah, I think you wherever you go, you have to be aware that you are, you know, living in a different country and what's the culture, what are actually the laws. It kind of surprised me how certain things are illegal that you don't see on surface that in the in Western Europe would be completely normal and so could you tell yeah could you tell us something that happened in dubai that 
surprised yeah but I remember like a a friend of ours that she just realized that she was pregnant and then she was also realizing that she got quite some pain in her stomach and thinking that maybe she would miscarriage and that would be illegal then of course so they just had to go and rush off and get married (laughs) so that it would be illegal because she wasn't married to her husband or yeah, to her at the time. partner. Yeah. So like those things are, and even I, I remember like if something would have happened to my husband, my father-in-law would have been in charge of our children. <laughs> he would have been the one to be able to come and get it. You know, like, so it's important to be aware when you go abroad, what's going on. And at the same time, I think the most scary thing that ever happened to me personally was being robbed uh, with a knife to my face and and robbed of the car while Philippa was sitting in it as a toddler. And that happened in Sweden, you know, close to where we grew up. You have to be aware wherever you are. And I think, so don't let that stop you, but be aware of the culture where you go and why you want to go there and don't be so naive, I guess. Yeah. So this is not an episode about challenges of living abroad no. because we think that that can be found. <laughs> this is a, anyone like, can this find is really that taking anywhere. the wrong tone because we want to talk about all the lovely things about <laughs> living abroad. Yeah. So this is up to pep you, and we get a lot of questions <laughs> about living abroad. No, well, that's what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. Robbed in Sweden with a car and toddler. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Leave Sweden. Sixty-five on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and find friends elsewhere. No, but we get so many questions and we get different types of, of questions and we thought we we're going to go through them a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, lately I've been getting a lot of questions from people that are in their start, middle of career and want to go abroad and want to work abroad with international relations and international affairs. So, I mean, that you are in a sense, I think, a role model for many. And I so I'm not surprised that you get all these questions, but... And we spoke in one episode how you at the age of 14, you know, saw the UN building and said, I want to work here one day. And and so tell the listeners a little bit how you ended up in Bogota for the UN. <laughs> yeah, so I think you can listen to the, our first episode, Career and Courage, where we go through the whole story, our, more of our personal stories of, of yeah. where we mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. But now, of course, I've had been working internationally for many, many years mm-hmm. and in many ways, it started very early going to, to Latin America. So it started with traveling. Yeah. And I think if if you are young, I mean, that is a good way of, of starting this. You know, do you really like to travel? Do you like to be abroad? Do you manage to be far away from your family? Yeah. Um, so I think that is a good way of starting. Taking a gap year, for example, between high school and, and university, if you can afford it, if you can work maybe for half a year to save the money for it. There are also, if you're European and Swedish, there are already then scholarships that you could look into to do shorter kind of study trips. You did um, get one like that, right? I did. So I went to Costa Rica and worked in a national park. Mm. That was my first trip abroad. Yeah. And that was through um, SIDA and Forum Syd, so the Swedish uh, Development Agency yeah. that supported that project. And then, but then you went back to study and I mean, you've studied quite some time and you, I think, picked some of the best schools for international relations. Yeah. So I wasn't certainly completely sure that it was international relations that I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to have an international career. So (laughs) it looked good. And, And I was interested to move away from Sweden. In Sweden, you normally study a topic 
quite define what you're going to study. In the UK, the system is a little bit different that you choose your main area of study, uh, which for me was international relations, which I studied at St. Andrews University, which is really good at, at international relations. They're recognized for that. But you also studied three other topics of your choice. Yeah. So that means that after you completed two years, if you studied as much Spanish as I did or history mm -hmm. or management, you could actually change. Ah, yeah. Um, and don't have to focus on international relations. Mm. So that's a little bit different from Sweden, where you actually would have to, I think, completely change your program, potentially, if you, if you change your mind. So the UK is a little bit more flexible in that sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same in the US. But yes, yeah, so certainly if you want to work with international questions, I would look at international schools. Yeah. However, if you really want to become a diplomat, for example, yeah. then maybe you want to look a little bit more internal first. Internally. And go for mm. the, the best schools in your yeah. country. And maybe focus more on, well, this is tips for, for anyone, but really trying to see, okay, how can you early on be involved in the student paper yeah. or in debate clubs or being uh, engaged and, and building your skills in those ways. Yeah. And then moving on with the schools for an international career, if, for example, if you want to work for the UN or for large organizations, almost all of them require a master's. Yeah. So it is quite a long time of, of studying. Some uh, systems are different and some, you know, it, in some countries you get a master's almost automatically as a as a part of your degree and in yeah. others you have to actually apply to another school or the same school but for a new program. Yeah. Um so what I did I actually had a master's in Scotland you do get a master's but it's a little bit of a I don't know if it's a shady master's but it's a four year program. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Compared to <laughs> Yeah, it's not the compared same. Compared to England yeah. where it's a three year program, hence you get a master's when you complete four in Scotland. But then it was really about looking at okay, what are the best schools? And for me studying in New York as I at that point was very interested in working at the UN made a lot of sense yeah. to find a school that was close with the UN and where you had loads of opportunities and exposures with the UN. Coffee Annan handed you your diploma, your certification. I think that's pretty nice <laughs> yeah. at the Columbia University. Um, of course. But then again, yeah. um, I was lucky being Swedish. I think certain European countries have that same system where you could apply for scholarships and it was possible to finance it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it can, of course, become very tricky. Yeah. My husband had scholarships, but not the same at all. So for him, it was more about taking more years in between um, his undergrad and his master's in order to really work that money up so that he was able to raise afford money. it. Yeah. And mm. of course, a lot of people uh, leave grad schools with loads of debt. Yeah. So it, it's a little bit of a risk, yeah. uh, but it's something to consider a little bit. What kind of jobs are you looking at afterwards? When will they bring in enough money to pay back? grad school yeah and I mean we we discussed this I think this was in the keep learning episode possibly but is it overrated to go to university for so many years mm. and pay so much money when you can get that learning I think the world is becoming a little bit more liberal in in that sense that yeah. it's not as you know set that you have to do it this way but there are no. many different ways to to grow and learn exactly and now we have of course sharing experiences that we've had there are other routes yeah. to, <laughs> to this way so it's yeah. not saying that this is the only way this is just one way 
And then the other thing I would say to people that are still relatively young and want to have this kind of career is that internships are invaluable. Yeah. So you need to start to Google what are different organizations um, that you could possibly do go and volunteer for. Um, have a little bit of a story. I get contacted about a lot of people, understandably, that say, you know, hey, I just want to work for the UN and I study this. But then there's no kind of conversation around. And I would like to do this. Yeah. So it's very open, very open. Just, you know, anything. And I can recognize being in that position where yeah. you don't know what you want to do. No. You just want to do something and you want it to be international. But it's very hard as an employer then to to help or to recommend or to find an internship if you don't give a little bit of an idea. So I would suggest that you at least prepare, you know, these are my interests and this is what I would like to focus on. Yeah. Because that sounds um, more determined and more professional. Yeah, that's a good point to be focused and decide for yourself your end in mind, because that will also help whoever is in touch with you to understand where and how they should help you. Yeah. And we were laughing this morning. Steve had seven unpaid internships before he landed his first UN job. Yeah, but that's a good point to know, actually. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it's it's really about that. I think I had maybe four. But yeah, there's like a number of internships. Um, but that really paced away. And then the other part, which I don't think I can highlight enough, and this could probably also come a little bit later in your career. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as a as an 18-year-old, but maybe when you have your master's degree, when you have something to add value to just go, meaning don't just sit around from your small town or from your big town and just send applications because that might work out, but it might also be very complicated. But if you have the possibility, I would travel to the country that I'm interested in. I would have looked up a number of different, uh, for example, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, and I would be showing up and knocking on doors and telling I'm here and this is what I'm interested in and can I support? Yeah, and I, like most things in life, you're, you're there, you're closer to them and they're at the point of decision. It's going to be so much easier to, hey, there's this person here who's obviously super motivated and pepped to make it happen and not just a name or on an email somewhere. Yeah, so these would be my um, kind of main tips if you are in your relative start of career, but you might also have been completing your your grad school or your master's and you know quite sure what you want to do but might have a hard time finding it from where you are if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, Victoria, so then what about if you want to take your job and, and move it abroad? You maybe already have a defined career, but you want to experience the international life. Yeah, so for everyone already in the midst of their career and thinking, hey, I'm, you know, not at the point of looking for university or anything like that. I've been there, done that, but still would like that international experience. I would definitely recommend doing that too. It's never too late, I would say. I think my parents-in-law, they had their first international uh, assignment when they were in their late 40s, which is pretty cool. Mm. So, I mean, for me, my husband and I, we both studied abroad as well. So that was pretty easy and also then had 10 years living abroad in different countries. Then we came back to Sweden and worked here for some years. And then actually my husband said like, okay, we're not done. We need to go abroad again because we want to have more of that experience. And I think it can be a little bit difficult because I've also had lots of people approaching me and say, hey, we want to go abroad and how do we do it? And I think one safe and easy way of doing it is to, you know, work for a large international corporation and really try to get a transfer mm. within that organization and, and work actively towards that. What my husband did for both of us, he was super active on LinkedIn and got in touch with headhunters and and really promoted both of us, which proved to pay off because we first moved to Scotland. And then because of his hard work and, and building his network, this job happened to come up for me in Dubai. So then we moved to Dubai instead. So that's really a way to do it but you know give yourself a year or so to get in touch with the right people to connect and, and see what you can do and here I think it helps if you are an expert in your field because then people will come looking for your expertise so me I've been working for so many years within leadership development in particular at that time in the hospitality industry. So at that point, I was actually at the sort of wanting to leave the hospitality industry. But of course, it was the perfect way for me to find a nice 
position where I was still in the hospitality industry and leadership, where I was the expert. So that's what got us to Dubai. And and when you move then with children, I would say in many cases, you have a little bit of a more responsibility to check out that is there really like proper schools here? How does it work? Can we really afford that if you move to expat locations? They'll most likely need to attend expat international schools that are super expensive. So, you know, that first offer that you might get from an organization looks like a really nice paycheck. And maybe it is not that nice. So after all, when all you have all your different expenses. So really spend a little bit of time to do some research before you go to the country to see if it's really as good as it seems you can't it's not like for like as what you have in your own country that's what i would say and then i another thing i i hear some people say well we can't go now because our children we they can't go you know change schools and everything and then i ask how old are your children and then maybe they're like eight nine ten and i say that's perfect age to go mm. it's when they get you know, like my daughters now, they're in their early teens. And, and then it's a little bit more complex because you have to respect that they should be able to graduate from a certain school system and to be able to apply for university so you don't mess them up. But if they're younger than so, you know, there are beautiful ways of learning and teaching and everything all around the globe. So if they have a couple of years that is not exactly according to the system that you have at home, don't let that stop you, I would say. And if you're lucky enough to come from a quite safe country with uh, with loads of support systems, I would say, like Sweden, mm-hmm. like my one of my best friends says, you can always move home. Yeah. It's not like that in, for, all, for all countries. I mean, in some places you really need to think about, like in the US, you really need to think about your your insurances and your all of that healthcare and so on. Yeah. But for some countries, you can really just move home again if it's not yeah. working out for you. Um, so that would be a really an encouragement to try it out and, and try to go abroad and try to get these new experiences for, for you and your family. Yeah. So if we look at it now from, from this, just kind of summing it up. So either it's like go for an international career immediately by picking the international schools and the field that you want to go for, go there while you're, you know, still flexible in a sense. The other part is, all right, you can move with your career. You can become that expert in your field. And then you'll actually, that's the beauty of the world today. You have the world as your playing field, really. Mm. And then I think we have the, the third thing that we're both thinking a dream future is to find an international base without it necessarily being bound by a career. But you could really go work. Anyway, you want to expand on that, Josephine? Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, our dream for sure. And that's really about finding where do we want to live? Where do we want to be based? Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the Mediterranean for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was but very it nice, I can tell you from this morning. <laughs> We're trying to find a place where there's waves as well. Steve needs to be able to surf. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm very happy with a flat Mediterranean uh, yeah. ocean. But anyways, yeah, finding a place where you can 
have as a base, which is potentially if you have an international job close to an airport uh, where you can actually travel or do the jobs or work like we are with Roos and Shine, for example. We need internet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Basically, and then loads of meetings. But finding a place where you're happy to live, where, where your kids and family can live comfortably and then have your job from there, not going there because of a job, but finding your base first. Actually, and this morning I, I read this beautiful article on the plane about this little community on the remote part of Ireland. So Iceland, sorry, the where they've kind of it's an old fishing village where they've built up like for all people doing startups and everything. So they have like beautiful yeah. internet connection and beautiful environment. <laughs> like you're you're sitting at this, uh, you see the ocean and. It's completely remote, but they kind of pitch it like take a break from all the bus of the craziness and and come here and just be part of this community. It's super cool. So you could go there. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds lovely, even though it sounds a little bit colder than my Mediterranean uh, dream. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily you. One could go there. (laughs) One could go there. (laughs) You you can and one can go anywhere, really. Yeah. And but I do think that this relates to a point um, that I should have said in the first one and that's when you when you're young you're a little bit you, you're happy to go anywhere maybe and traveling more around what i have found in my career which is this very international and especially in this more humanitarian where you maybe uh, you maybe move from quite extreme places and conflict zones and i find that more and more people not everyone but many need this home base yeah they need a place where they can go and rest in between all of the crazy places mm. that they live in and that might be their home country but often it's not often it is a third base mm-hmm. but somewhere where you have your bags and your things and your belongings and uh, if you are a person that think that in the future you might need that even though you're young now then start thinking a little bit about where that base might be and start trying to set up your life or save money so that you can create that base because I think that's very important for many people and something that the ones that have that base um, feel a little bit more settled than the people that are constantly just moving around without a base. That's a great point and that I think find a space that gives you energy where you can go and just refuel Mm. actually. Yeah. So I think that's actually the perfect ending of this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. The goal of our episodes, and we find it more increasingly so more difficult, but to stay around 30 minutes so that you easily can listen on your way to work or having that evening walk. And Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll try our best to keep it short. And save the date on the 8th of March, where on International Women's Day, we're going to have a, a real fun after work and live pod event in Stockholm. So we're really looking forward. Yes, yeah, so stay tuned for that. We're very, very excited about that. So we're very much looking forward to that. And More then, details to come. For sure. And sign up to Roos and Shine on Instagram. So that's R-O-O-S and Shine on Instagram and uh, follow the podcast and give us a thumbs up if you like it and looking forward to you soon and thank you everyone for listening bye bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.